Hi, and welcome to episode number 33 of the Connect 2 podcast. My name is Jeff Cullen. And I'm Mark Hughes. Good afternoon, Marcus. Hey, Jeff. How are you? I'm well. I understand you had a little bit of a misadventure earlier today, but you're you're doing all right. Yes, it only involved a lot of blood. <laughs> I think the actual quote was, I don't think I've ever bled from my head this much before. Yeah, so. that's exactly right. I now have a very large... Uh, bump on my head yeah. from slipping on ice i was being careful i was thinking oh you know living in this environment you're always so careful how you walk and then whoom. yeah that's always how it happens well we have to say it's been yeah a lot of uh, uh freezing, freezing rain, rain today yeah. after a, a a month well three week long deep freeze deep so freeze with an enormous amount of snow too <laughs> coldest uh, long snap in in where we live since 1969 a long so time. it's been a long time yeah absolutely. 50 years yep well what are we gonna talk about today uh we're gonna talk about classic tv classic shows TV from shows. the before before the end of the 80s uh yes before classic the, to us classic to us <laughs> because we are of a certain age exactly. <laughs> yes because i was trying to think about this and come up with my top ones and i have different categories and how i would look anyway we'll, we'll get into that um so if you're new to the channel subscribe rate review particularly on apple itunes because that's where most of you find us oh yeah okay um, that's good we uh successfully hit our 500 mark and are gaining uh gaining down awesome so that's really good yep traction is slowly being made um uh, no mail this week no I mail this week. the mailbox again well there was something from uh, i think it might have been google so we get a lot of ads, but nothing from actual listeners yet. 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 Exactly. Um, today's coffee. Oh, so Ooh. for Christmas, I got a subscription to, so I get three bags of coffee a month, the little the smaller bags. Um, today we have from 94 Celsius Coffee Roasters out of Montreal. Mm. We have, it's called Covalent. It is Brazil and Peru. Um, with the varietals bourbon and yellow bourbon, and the process is natural and washed. Should be dark chocolate, almond, and brown sugar. And uh, I used a, um, I used uh, Chemex for, for today's. Coffee. Very tasty. I love these uh, <clears throat> something of the month clubs. You know, wine of the month, coffee of the month. Yeah. Oh, I do too. I. Uh, Sometimes it's hard. Mystery to box of the month, whatever, right? And so. uh, today we also have uh, today we have uh, chocolate madeleines. Very tasty, by the way. Now you and a madeleine is a yeah, uh, you you did some a, research. A, uh, how do you pronounce it again? Gen, gen, Genoese. Genoese uh, cake batter used. So it's a sponge cake. It's kind of got a almost a, a cheesy flavor, but it's oh, not yeah. cheese. Now, Genoa, one of the few parts of Italy we did not visit when. Uh, we were there, my wife and I, and so one of the reasons that we want to go back, but um, yeah, kind of on the, the southern, sorry, the north uh, west side of Italy, not too far from France, so it's on the, it's on the to-do list for sure. Yeah, I've, I've not been there, so. Yeah. Birthplace of uh, Christopher Columbus, actually. And did you know that Christopher Columbus was, uh, was married to the governor's daughter of... Uh, Madeira in Spain in no Portugal. in Portugal in Portugal wow no I did not know that and in fact the Portuguese say that he stole all the 
the uh, the maps to cross the <laughs> because they had been going to Newfoundland for a really long time. And oh fishing, yeah, and they just hadn't told anybody. That's awesome. And um, so he was married to the governor's the governor of Madeira's daughter. Okay. And so he was living there, but she died. And oh, it was after she died that he went to Spain to get money to go go search for right. Couldn't go to the Portuguese king because they would have to. I think they did. And he said, go screw yourself. Or he's like, we already go there. What the hell are you? So I guess they, they didn't see the potential. No. The Portuguese. Whereas the Spain the Spaniards were like, hey, yeah, gold. This is really That's good. That's cool. Um, so what have you learned this week? Okay. Why don't we start with you since my mouth is full? <laughs> well, I learned... Uh, well, for, uh, unfortunately learned that despite the best of our 20 whatever two months of efforts uh a coronavirus has finally uh come to our house so our younger son got it uh we don't know exactly where when uh he went to school for one day and came back and uh felt poorly that night and then just tested yesterday so you know now we're in those uncharted waters of uh are we all going to get it? Is no one going to get it? So we'll see. But, you know, he, he had a bit of a headache, but he's already fine two days in. And now he's treating it like a holiday. <laughs> this is great. Vaccines are good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he did have, he, he had one of the uh, 5 to 11 shots. So, but uh, yeah, there you go. So I learned that. I also learned if you have a mouse in your house, the best thing to do is put out traps and, and just, just leave it, it be because well, we we had misadventures with well we think it's two mice but one uh, we attempted to kill it with a garbage bin and uh, <laughs> it seems like a very difficult way to try and kill a mouse. Well, you know my I, it's stuck under this garbage bin and my wife kind of shook the thing and then it, <laughs> it stopped moving. So I lifted the bin. It's like a recycling bin, and it, it looked like it was lying there injured. And so I thought, well, this is terrible. So I'll just. Put it out of his miniature. Crack this thing. And as I was bringing it down, I guess it kind of tried to escape. And then I just like, I think it might've hit its leg or whatever. And then it stood there for a long time. And then eventually my, we actually put a trap next to it, hoping that it would, you know, want to eat and you mainly be killed. I think you said you took the garbage and then turned it over on it. No, no. We just, we plugged it in with a bunch of, we put the garbage bin and some other chairs and kind of penned it in. Cause it just sat there for like a good hour. My wife finally said, well, put these traps next to it and it'll kill itself. Kill itself. Nope. It ran away. And then my son caught another one. This one was under a bin. And our whole idea was my wife then again put a trap under the bin thinking it'll want to be eating the peanut butter. And at like over 24 hours, well, I guess 12 hours, it did not ever go into the trap. And so yesterday <laughs> I took it outside to a field and uh, it, it it didn't seem to be doing all that well. Um, so I don't know that it died for sure, but it looked like it was pretty traumatized. And uh, and uh, we put it down on this on the ground and it just kind of flopped over. My son thought that was very amusing. And then ultimately I, I threw it into the snow because I didn't want to just leave it in the middle of this path, snowy path for like a bird to see it or, or a kid to find it. So So we have a new policy. We don't trap them. In garbage bins we don't try to beat them with hammers or we put out a trap if you see it just never mind and and let let the traps take care of it 
Well, I have to say that feel great uh, bad actually. We we tried humane Very traps bad. early on when we were trying to catch uh, mice. Then you have a problem of dealing with the mice. Well, that's exactly right. It's, this is like the squirrel thing. What the like, hell do you do with what it? What the hell do you do with it? And uh, and then apparently, if you don't go far away, they actually come back. That's what my wife said. She said, "Do some Google research." You can't go like and a block away. You've got to go like half a mile exact, away. Exactly. Well, I did a Google search, and and it was somewhere between a half a mile, and then some other expert saying you needed to go like three miles. I'm like, I'm not walking. What am I do? Put this thing in the car? I'm driving the mouse three miles. Well, away. I remember the first time we had a mouse. We had a we had a dog, a little cocker spaniel, and. This mouse and that dog had been living, cohabitating for an extended period of time. Like we knew there was a mouse and this dog didn't seem, seem completely oblivious to it. And then, uh, so then we, uh, we, we caught him in a humane trap. The, okay. Not the dog, but the mouse. The mouse, yeah. And then we uh, walked the dog with the mouse to, to, to the ravine. It was a fair walk. It was several yeah, blocks. Yeah. Um, released the mouse. And then all of a sudden the dog says, hey, there's a mouse. It starts chasing his mouse. I'm going like, I don't want the mouse. We don't want to. <laughs> anyway, so. Anyhow. It, it, uh, yeah, so yeah. there you go. And I dog, mean, and the internet's are, a weird place. not a good mouse. Yeah. First sure. Google search I did showed how to make your own CO2 killing chamber. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is a very involved process just use and it just trap. seems so like it would take so long what with the, the mouse studio? sitting there as you're preparing its death chamber i'm like i i can't do that but the studio <laughs> we had uh we had mice just before christmas and um like i was sitting on the it's several occasions where a mouse would appear. Right. It started with uh, Shannon, uh, who who helps me out here in the studio. She picked up a chocolate bar that had been opened <laughs> up, mm. and she, as she picked it up, there was a mouse in the in chocolate the bar chocolate racket, bar wrapper, wrapper wow. and it jumped out, jumped, scared the crap out of her. She's not squeamish about mice, but it was just no. But they're shocked. fast and they just come out of nowhere. And... Uh, apparently, it did traumatize her children a little bit and uh so uh and while uh the, like the next day i was here i saw several very brazen sightings of mice um <laughs> like they were mocking you oh well yeah like they're kind of yeah exactly I think city mice what are you gonna do about it yeah, exactly. <laughs> so put out traps and then the first day the traps uh the traps were tripped but there were no mice Right. Um, so they, they, you know, they activated them. So there's clearly some activity. Sure. Going sure. Um, I was in a rush, so I just reset the traps without putting any more um, peanut butter on the the traps. Yep. And the next day, um, all three or four of the traps I had were full. And and wow. what I do with traps, I don't reuse traps. I just take the whole trap. And the dead mouse, and put it in a plastic bag and throw it out. Okay, but you're using I saw by the door. Those They're just are, little those wooden ones. Wood ones. Those yeah, ones work yeah. by far the best. Yeah. Well, we have these plastic ones you know, that are quite good, actually. You know what? I have tried all kinds of mouse traps, and they say you know if you can build a better mouse trap, yeah, yeah. the world would be the path to your door. Right. There's a reason for that. Those little wooden ones, they work like like they work like a dam, and they're yeah. cheap, <laughs> and you just get rid of the whole thing. There and, you go. Um, um so over the course of about five days i think i caught eight or ten mice and then that's a good number and then no more there you go all gone 
Perfect. So, so word far, gets out yeah. and they stop coming. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> okay. um, what did I learn today? Well, other than uh, make sure when you're walking on icy surfaces, have traction. Like I have spikes, but they're sitting in my truck, which sure. is not a very convenient spot no. for me right now. In fact, I looked at spikes and said, ah, I don't need them. I don't need those. Um, but what, what um, could happen? But on the brighter side, there was a couple of other things that I learned. Ooh. One is I figured out how Wordle works. It's quite interesting. It's a website. This guy has definitely not monetized it. Okay. So it's a website you go to, you Yet. search Wordle. Wordle. No, it's specifically not monetized really? on purpose. His name is, uh, like, his last name is Wordle. So Wordle is a play on his <laughs> last name. Um, it's basically designed that you can share your results. Okay. Look it's at not, me. It's not super complicated. You're basically uh, given a set of letters. Uh, no, you're not even given a set of letters. You're given five squares. Okay. And the five squares, you have to guess the word. There's no clues. Right? You what? Guess a word, a five-letter word. And then what? Uh, so every time you guess, it will um, it will tell you if there, that letter is actually in the word. Okay. So that's gray. A yellow means... You've got the letter, that letter is in the word, but okay. you've got it in the wrong place. And green means you have it in the right place and it's the right letter. So this so is just a, a internet-based version of, uh, it's not Mastermind, but we had we had a, a game like this. There it was, was a physical thing and it was little uh, colored well, it's like hangman. Beads. It's almost like hangman. Yeah, but it's there like, was one that was specifically, you'd put like five colored... Oh yeah, is things that, is that and then you had yeah, I think it was master. Then you had like I don't know, ten tries, and then the person from the other you'd guess, and then they had to give you like the map, right? Yeah. So well, this one's wrong, and then and yeah. then if you knew that you had two that were the right color but in the wrong spot, then you had to try to keep guessing. So it seems very much it's like very similar. Similar. So so it's the same. So it's a a variation of a bunch of different kind of okay. similar. Games. Is it always a five letter word? Well, so far, I've done it over two days, and it's always been a five-letter word. Okay, interesting. So, um, and um, you basically, yeah, you're just trying to, so you're, you're trying to, because then it gives you a little keyboard beneath, and you can see which letters you picked, oh, and yeah. which ones are yellow, which ones are green, which ones are... So it's not gray. even a memory builder. It's not a memory builder, but you have to sit there and think, okay, what letters have I not used? And it won't let you put a word in if it's not a word. Oh, interesting. So you can't go like A, B, C, D, E, F. Right. G, H, I, J, K, F. Right? That, that's not how That's not going to work. Interesting. So it's got to be a five-letter word. Wow. So that's interesting. Uh, that's one. Uh, two. Um, did you know? <laughs> I don't know yet. Maybe. Uh, that There are a whole bunch of analog computers out there. Analog computers, mechanical, modern analog. day analog computers. Because well, I know in ancient times. Well, not all that ancient. Okay. This is the thing. And in fact, for the longest time, into the 70s for sure, all of our tide tables were generated with mechanical computers. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. So, in fact, there's a whole bunch of different variations of mechanical computers. Yeah. Um, Coming, I mean, like, uh, what was the, uh, they, they, they cracked the Enigma machine using analog computing. Well, that's right. And uh, so, the thing that differentiates analog computing specifically from um, 
digital computing. So digital computing, everything needs to be able to be broken down into ones and zeros. Right. Analog computers can actually deal with combinations that are not ones and zeros. Are you telling me that analog computing is closer to quantum computing than 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 uh, standard digital computing? Because I would blow my mind. No, but there are certain advantages and certain applications. Interesting. To use mechanical computers instead of digital, because if you if it's not something that can be put into discrete bits, right, you may have a problem with it. And um, so tide tables in particular, because you're basically looking at the rotation of the earth, you're looking sure. at the location, the yeah. height, as well as the placement of the moon. So there's these different uh, uh, sinusoidal rate, weight, weight, uh, uh, sinusoidal uh, maps or progressions. Right. And you can model that with these uh, analog computers. Interesting. So there's a Veritasium video I'll link to that's okay. uh, really Sounds awesome. Good. It's quite interesting because yeah. there's more than one kind um, and uh, they have, they're actually quite useful. So at some point in time, I could see where there might be some version of that that play, plays out in terms of how our computers develop. So That would be very interesting. Yeah. So this reminds me of the Antikytarium machine, right? Yeah. That, that very ancient analog computer that, that totally caused uh, you know archaeologists to rethink the timeline right because well, it's like 4000 years old or something and and I think that's mentioned you know, in this yeah. in this video so yeah so yeah. we've been doing that for a long time well that's fast I did not I knew they they had ancient ones and then sort of early 20th century but I didn't know but I guess it kind of makes sense yeah wow um okay and today's topic though we're today's talking topic about is classic TV classic TV shows from up until let's say the 1980s 1990s 1990s okay uh, uh, until 1990 1990 okay because we are of a certain age mm -hmm. yes <laughs> well i was trying to think about so which are the best ones or okay. which are the most the most uh significant because there are lots of tv shows at that time that i watched because this is you know this is pre-internet anything pre-internet yeah i i mean i know the internet existed yeah. but in it was not really all that accessible until the 90s right and even then there was, it was nobody there, was but there was nothing on it yeah nobody it was, was streaming you on, could search on for the darpanet <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay so do you want to do your list and then uh, we'll see if there's overlap and then i'll give you my list sure all so right. uh, and so I thought about this in a couple of ways. So for okay. me, I'm a big. We said we'd, we'd do five each. Five each. So there's because yeah. uh, there's more than that, really. There is definitely more yeah. than that. Okay. Um, there. Um, so there's ones that are. Um, there's kind of conventional ones, and then there's also sci-fi ones. Because mm. I am particular to sci-fi. Right. Um, okay. Let's hear it. So I th uh, and so my let's uh, I have to pick five. So I, I was going for ten, but I got five. So I, uh, my maybe five, we could, maybe we put the whole list on the website after. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, um, for me, Star Trek: The Original Series, of course, is an of course one. Yep. Um, Mash. Yep. Mash, uh, in particular, um, Mark and Mindy. Oh wow, that's a great choice. Um, so that's three. Yep. Uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus. <laughs> yes, of course. Okay, good. And the Twilight Zone. Oh, the original or the remake? The like original. The, well, yeah. I, the, I, I like which we would have seen in reruns, right? The premise is just yeah. It's a fantastic idea for now. There's lots of other good ones as well. 
Yep. But uh, that's my first five. Okay. What about you? That's an interesting list. So, um, <laughs> so I'm more of a sitcom guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, I mean, there's a couple on your list that definitely I, I would agree with, but they were not on my list. So I was thinking uh, Mary Tyler Moore, mm-hmm. which of course... Not that old, but I would have watched you know, that in reruns. It was there, but I right? never really watched it. Oh, you know, classic stuff. So Mary Tyler Moore, MASH, and uh, pretty close to the top of the list. Uh, Barney Miller. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, WKRP. Yeah, I have that on my list. And uh, what's my fifth? Well, if we're doing the 90s, I would probably throw the X-Files in there. Yeah, I, I kind of... Because I was originally I, thinking up to about the 80s, but well, the X-Files, I, I, I'll I throw in there. I cut it off at 1990 because I, okay. I would have added the X-Files if it was into the 90s as well. There was a bunch okay. in the 90s as well. Yeah. Um, there were a couple okay. of other kind of honorable mentions. Oh, yeah. Which I thought were quite... Uh, so there's Doctor Who. I've never really been in Doctor Who, but it's definitely a, a like a been around for very historical years yeah very more more because it started before star trek like early 60s yeah early 60s uh well i had a hiatus for a brief period of time okay um there is a couple of like culturally significant ones okay and i'm thinking of three in particular yep the dukes of hazard (laughs) yeah definitely culturally significant it was culture i mean it's not no i'd put it in the best shows of all time no but, but it was culturally significant time. at the time yeah absolutely um macgyver okay and um cheers i was gonna just say you know i i forgot to add cheers mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. I, I and and if i was also thinking of the muppet show Oh, yeah, I guess so. Well, yeah, the original Muppet Show. Yeah, yeah, because right. it, it ran in the late 70s sure. until the early 80s. Yeah. The Muppet Show was kind of, you know, there were Muppets on Sesame Street, but right. the Muppet Show was for adults. Ex- yes. And kids. But yeah, but also for adults. adults. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, there was... Uh, Any other shows that really... Uh, well, one, you know, Adam 12... When I was a really young kid, oh, I wow. used to love Adam 12. Yeah, yeah. And then that kind of spawned Emergency, which was similar. Um, early or mid-70s, probably the Hardy Boys. Although, again, I wouldn't put that in the in the categorization of greatest shows of all time. No. But, uh, but you know, it was entertaining. Well, like, uh, it's, it's like uh, Magnum P.I. Like, that was significant for me yes, at that age. That's right. Because he, he had a Ferrari right. I mean, yeah. and a helicopter. Yeah. And um, and he was in Hawaii, that's which is like right. three really great things. Yeah. Um, and they have a rerun on it right now. I have not watched a single episode of it. I have no idea if it's any good. No, I, I saw a few minutes, I think, on network TV, and I was like, I don't know. I don't see the point. Um, there was Moonlighting. Was kind Moonlighting of- was good. Yeah. See, but to me, a lot of these shows, I, I guess when I thought of this topic, because I've got, we've got Marty Miller, we've got uh, WKRP. Taxi. And we've got, yeah, that's another good one. And MASH, we bought the DVDs of MASH like 15 mm. years ago. Okay. And those are the shows that we watch, like I'll watch over and over again. And um yeah, but but at the time we had you had TV with three channels or four channels. Yeah, but and the thing that I mean, I was watching the freaking Love Boat, right? The like, thing that I think <laughs> I've I've been really kind of, and my wife and I've been talking about this a lot is is how 
some of those old shows really addressed some some issues, which I don't have the feeling that sitcoms. I haven't watched a, a modern sitcom for a while. I mean, you know, Friends is was entertaining, right? But if you look at like Mary Tyler Moore, you know, there's such a subtext of. I mean, it was funny, but it was the whole issue of feminism coming in. Or Mash. We were talking about Mash the other or day. Or WKRP. And um, yeah, Margaret Houlihan's character going from because Paulette's reading a book on on uh, women and anger, or uh, called Rage Becomes Her, and we were talking about how that character of of Margaret Houlihan starts off as very one-dimensional, very stereotypical, kind of the Madonna whore sort of duality. And then over the years, how they developed that into a, a, an actual person. Right? There's a couple of series, episodes where they're really exploring this idea of being a woman in a, in a position of authority and having to be even better than men and yet wanting to be in touch with like her humanity. Right. And I just, I don't think modern sitcoms, again, I may just be showing my age, you know, really explore some of those themes. I don't have that feeling. Well, um, MASH was kind of interesting because it was so serious and it was in a serious setting. Yeah. There was serious stuff going on and they were using humor as a counterbalance to exactly. the craziness of it. But and you said WKRP, same thing. Same idea. You know, go back and revisit. There's the episode about, uh, uh, Venus being a, a Vietnam War defector, you had, uh, you know, they're talking about uh, abandoning, like a woman abandoning her child. And, and I mean, they were funny situation, or, but they would bring in well, they were serious, serious topics. Serious, yeah. serious situation, they'd make it funny, at, or they'd make light of parts of it. Exactly. Yeah. Brilliant stuff, you know? Yeah, I think Cheers did uh, a bit of that, too. Cheers did a bit of that, too. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, the other one that I, I, so I was trying to toy between Monty Python's Flying Surface Cir Circus and Faulty Towers. Because, <laughs> well, Faulty Towers is another. But Faulty Towers, there's like, was it 10 episodes? I think it's 13. 14 episodes. Yeah, like, I think it's 13. It's a very, very short run. But, Brilliant. You know, like, I mean, it is just hysterical with Manuel and, uh, like it's just that is that is like that one that doesn't get old in the pre-dvd days i actually had taped all 13 of the episodes on vhs tapes and i still have them somewhere in, in the basement but and the funny thing about faulty towers if you watch the show in sequence like in the proper sequence you you literally see john cleese uh basil faulty slowly go like crazy. go crazy like yeah. he's you know it's it's completely linear so brilliant stuff, right? Well, and it's interesting because some shows like Faulty Towers, it's kind of, even though it's not uh, serialized so that it's intended to be watched in an order, if you watch it in the order, it works really well. I as, uh, as I was trying to come up with my list, uh, especially some of the sci-fi ones that I, because because I'm a big fan of sci-fi and it was a big influence yeah. on me growing up. Um, one of the ones that came up was uh, was Firefly, which is not a, right. Which is not a uh, one of these uh, '80s kind of thing. It was uh, early 2000s, but apparently Fox absolutely sabotaged it when it was released by changing I, the order of the shows. Yeah, I know. They, they didn't yeah. like the pilot, which was important to set up the whole thing. So they started off with like the second episode, and then they they never actually aired the last three. Is that right? Yeah. So, so the first yeah. season because I have that we bought the Bond DVD and it's it, a phenomenal show. It only got popular 
after yeah. it became uh, became and yeah. uh, and uh, that popularity led to a uh, a movie a which, movie that's which right. is also really good and uh comic books and and there's there's well, people that, who I, still the brown coats they call yeah, them brown coats exactly if you're, a, if you're a fan and there's people that yeah. still want uh they want uh firefly to come back nathan fillion is from edmonton that's right yeah and there was this big petition that was going on for the nathan fillion pavilion yeah <laughs> That's right, exactly. And apparently, he's, he's a very nice guy. And apparently, he suggested it should be in Vermilion. There you go. The Nathan Fillion Pavilion <laughs> in Vermilion. And uh, so, because uh, I think he used to be associated when he was younger with Rapid Fire Theater. I think he—he's he, he like he was a major really player. Yeah, he was involved with a lot of the local theater scene. And, and well, uh, apparently, so 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 their the position has been out for a while and didn't really get any traction. It was done by a local where TV. was this pavilion going to be by the way i don't know oh, okay and uh some random flow but thing. apparently there was a petition a petition for this it was sponsored by a uh, local radio station right and it didn't really get too far it was an online <laughs> thing but then one of the producers from he's in the this tv show called the rookie and they yeah yeah saw, yeah they saw this and right. so then he, the, mm. the producer got all the actors to respond to it so then they all of a sudden got this very public shout out for the Nathan Nathan Fillion Pavilion right and uh, and um, and it kind of exploded there you go so I don't think it's going to go anywhere but it, it's not a bad idea and no I, it's I, not it's not and I think even um, Mayor Sohi uh, said that. Uh, who's open to it they're behind it sure so anyway edmonton's uh you know uh, one of the its favorite sons okay so favorite and this is a tough question to pick one favorite television scene of all times that you would watch over and over again on youtube i uh, you know i mean like or available right or you'd you'd watch that that episode scene. and or scene i don't know about you Chuckles the Clown is Dead. I don't even <laughs> From know. From the Mary Tyler Moore oh, show. Oh, I never saw that. Oh, <laughs> you got to do, for all of you people listening, if you've never seen Chuckles the Clown is Dead, go to YouTube and check out Chuckles the Clown. The premise is quite simple. So Mary Tyler Moore is about a radio, it was about a TV station, right? And she was one of the executives and they had all these shows. And one of the shows was a kid's show with a guy named Chuckles the Clown who'd been around for a long time and, and he, he, he dies in an unfortunate accident. He's trampled by an elephant while he's dressed as one of his other characters, Mr. Peanut. <laughs> right. And the show is about how they go to the funeral and Mary Tyler Moore plays, of course, Mary, and she is just devastated. So they're all in this at a funeral and the eulogy is being delivered and she starts laughing like the, 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 uh, I guess he's a minister is talking about all the characters, you know, Mr. Fee Fifo and Mr. Peanut. And, and she starts uncontrollably laughing in the middle of the funeral. Right. And she's, you know, trying to control herself and it's a very human moment. Right. And then finally the guy stops and he's like, they're all looking at her and she's feeling very embarrassed. And he's like, do you want to laugh? Don't you? And she's like, you know, totally on the spot and he's like no no laugh laugh nothing would have pleased him more and she starts crying <laughs> it's just <laughs> perfect comedic timing so i could watch that a hundred times every time i watch it i i i it just kills me it it is so well 
done? Well, uh, you know, as I think about for me, what my choice would be. Uh, so I'm a huge fan of like humorous wordplay kind of thing. Oh, sure. So if you think about going back to the who's on first, what's on second. Right, 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 Abbott right. And Costello. But there's a version of that in Faulty Towers oh, with Manuel right. and, and Basil, and they're going back and forth. And because Manuel is a, is a Spanish and there's a language barrier <laughs> no. and they're having a, 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 this miscommunication and it's... CC. Yeah, CC. Yeah. CC. Mr. Faulty. He go crazy. He go crazy. He go crazy. Exactly. <laughs> So I think if I were to choose that it would be it would be Faulty Tower. So so uh, yeah. So the best uh, I think is not how the series ends where they uh there's a hotel inspector and there's a rat and at the end the rat's in the biscuit box oh, right. and they open the lid and there's this rat just sitting there. I think so. And uh I think his wife goes rat <laughs> and Faulty just passes out i think that's how i think that's how the series ends it's just totally madness so i'll tell you one other scene not a funny scene my favorite scene in a way that is it's a tragic scene but i don't think i've ever seen better acting on television it's an episode of mash it's the one where hawkeye um is having a, a um a psychosomatic reaction to something and um the psychologist Sydney comes and he's going through like a bit of a regression. Mm-hmm. And then he re he remembers that when he was like eight years old, he'd fallen into a pond and that his cousin had fished him out. Right. And then it, it triggers this memory that his cousin had pushed him into the pond. Like he saved him, but he'd also pushed him into the pond. And the, 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 the way that Alan Alda, acted that scene if you've never seen it again go do a, a youtube search um a mash i don't know what you'd look up you know hawkeye in a pond or whatever and he's joking around and it's just it's so masterfully de- delivered like the 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 look of like horror and and sadness and and pain that alan alda portrays because you can imagine right as a child you have this repressed memory and he's thinking his cousin was this great guy and saved him. And then, then it, he remembers that he suppressed the fact that his cousin's the one who pushed him into the pond in the first place. It's, it's so viscerally acted that uh, I'll watch it every now and then. I don't enjoy it because it's just so <laughs> gut wrenching, but Oh my God, what a performance. Unbelievable. Cool. Yeah. So there you go. And I, you know, honestly, I think there's so many good shows we could probably spend, the rest of the afternoon just throwing shows out there right? i think like you're, we, uh, we haven't even scratched the surface no no for sure um hey i noticed you're wearing an owl on like uh and at christmas uh my wife gave both of us uh owl and penguin do a pod- oh, right. podcast so does yeah. that mean you're the owl and i'm the penguin? i guess i'll be the owl no this was a uh a gift from my my wife and and kids um, it's for a nice Christmas? hoodie, for and I think Christmas? the owl, yeah, for Christmas. Oh, you sure? And, no um, collusion there? The thing that's really funny is when I wear my contact lenses and a certain pair of reading glasses, I look very much like the owl <laughs> on my shirt. One of my students said, you look like the owl on your shirt. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So what, um, so what uh, media are you consuming now? 
Well, you know, we're just coming out of Christmas and with all of the, uh, the madness and to be honest with our son testing, my wife wanted to revisit a couple of the Christmas movies that we didn't have a chance to, to, to fit in. So we watched yesterday it was, I think we watched Elf and then uh, the Polar Express back to back. So class, classic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still chipping away at the expanse, but we also watched great movie on Netflix, the power of the dog with Benedict Cumberbatch. And um, I just about called him Cumberbund Benedict Cumberbatch. And it is a kind of an indie film. I think it's a Netflix production. It's a sort of a set in the early 1920s. So it's a Western mm-hmm. and it's got a twist ending to it, but you know, masterfully acted really good movie. Um, kind of a different kind of thing, but uh, made the kids watch it. Loved it. That's, I, yeah. That is really excellent. The power of the dog. I, I will. I've heard about it. I have not seen it yet. I will. So. I will give you no spoilers. spoilers. Um, I uh, well, I watched episode three of Boba Fett. We haven't watched any of that yet. We're we're I saving we were it. Do up. that last week. Ah, we got just so slammed with stuff. Oh, I did watch the last James Bond movie. Fine, because I bought it for my birthday on on uh, Blu-ray, and so you'd seen it when it came out, and, yeah. you, were, and you were you were saving the spoiler, which we won't reveal here. But there's but definitely it's a spoiler. like wow, that was, like, that was I did not see so, that coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I I managed to avoid any kind of media that would have ruined it for me. So, yeah, yeah. So I was I mean I had an inkling. Like, eh, I bet this, but. How it all happened, I was like, wow. Yeah, I don't that's... think... I mean, you see, Ooh. you know, if you look at some of the media, you'll see stuff about a description of the bad guy mm. and all that stuff. But there's no... Uh, there's several big, big surprises yeah. in the thing that are, are worth being surprised at. So exactly. I will not give, give any yeah. of it away. Well, to your point, I think you commented <laughs> that I think Remy Malek did a pretty good job, but like so many of the Bond villains, they're, some, they're some... not the most interesting... Some of them Part are of it, some right? of them are more interesting than others. Yeah. The Blofeld character was particularly interesting. Well, this iteration of him, yeah. uh, Christoph Waltz and the whole really brother good. of James Bond thing. And the the one uh, now if that's a spoiler, too bad. Spectre came out like five years ago. 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 So Well you know. and the one with um, <laughs> the one with uh, what's the uh, Spanish actor? Uh, oh Xavier Bardem? Yes. Yes. Um that uh, was, I thought what was he this was... character's name? Silva? Silva, he was really yeah. good. I thought that was really good. That was good. And Skyfall, the whole, that whole, that I really enjoyed Skyfall. Yeah. So yeah. I think that, but, but, uh, but this one will leave you thinking at the end. Yeah. So it's quite interesting. So how are you liking the Boba Fett then? Well, it's definitely very different from the Mandalorian. I like the Mandalorian for its particular feel and kind of the, the character has this way that is kind of this calmness in, in yeah, really... he's like a he's like a Zen kind of warrior kind of thing. For me, like so, so when Boba Fett as an original character in the original Star Star Wars uh, came out, he was only on like, screen like four and a half times, or like there's a very I very know. very brief. But... He actually appeared more in like a Christmas special in '78. That's right, and, the infamous uh, Star Wars Christmas special. Yeah, and he actually oh. rode a, a mythosaur or something, something which is like, like a that. giant. Yeah, I remember watching that. So, so in the fact, original show. So there's actually like... references to that 
that that writing of that animal in the, sh- in in the, the show, show and there's okay. actually like yeah. there's there's like there's easter eggs in right in some of the scenes where you can actually see pictures of it and stuff like that <laughs> so it's uh it's quite fascinating from that perspective i never really understood the appeal of boba fett and in fact in the original the original series the the actor so one actor did the voice a different actor did the the movements Yep. And then when George Lucas re-released them, he re um, re uh, redubbed oh, yeah. all of the 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 dialogue. Well, with... all of it. It wasn't a lot of dialogue. It... No, no, but all of it was redone with the current actor who yeah. played Django Fett. Oh, and, is that right? Yeah, and then and I can't then, remember his name, but yeah, he's a he's um, a is yeah. is a Tamura morrison yeah he's nor um new zealand i should say norwegian he is not norwegian he's a new zealander yeah i think he's a i think he's maori so he's a he's a from (laughs) aotero not norwegian no definitely definitely not norwegian but uh but anyway so you know the mythology is pretty good it is Um, pretty good and uh so this is it's basically kind of like two stories okay going concurrently um is it uh, how many episodes it's like six i think it's six episodes right now they're the the, as of today which is a thursday right they have released uh three of them so far okay um and it's kind of like got these this twin twin uh sequences right so it oh, keeps yeah. going back and forth okay. there's like a flashback thing i think and we'll probably check it out this weekend so one is after the Sar- sarlacc is that what it's called? oh right so yeah. there's that's one one storyline and the other oh, storyline is concurrent with the mandalorian so, so they must have found a different actor to play the that part because the guy who's now is kind of he's put on a couple pounds, right? Like the like the like the current day Boba Fett is not the slim kind of dude he was at the end of uh, Return of the Jedi. No. <laughs> so they had to have found an actor well, that was similarly actor, shaped. This actor right? was never super slim compared to the actor that they actually used in the original one. Well, that's right. In the return of yeah. was it return of the Jedi. Well, anyway, yeah. and there's, there's all about Jabba the Hutt. It's all. Yeah. It, it's well, this guy never actually played uh, Boba Fett. No, he played Jango Fett. Jango Fett. And then Boba Fett was a kid in yeah. uh, uh, Attack of the Clones, I guess. That's right. You saw him. And then he showed up in the Mandalorian as the older Boba Fett. Who's that's right. Now on a couple pounds so this takes place after return of the jedi okay i can't so wait to see this this is gonna be interesting jab the hut got killed by yeah 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 by princess uh, leia which is not a big spoiler because that's been out for a long time <laughs> the 1983 okay um, so if you didn't know that and you're listening to this sorry. podcast yeah sorry there's no time machine uh <laughs> But um, so that's kind of the time frame. Oh, wow. So that's the time framing of the Mandalorian as well, right? So. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah, it's after the fall of the Empire mm-hmm. before when, uh, all the new When Skywalker is still relatively young. That's right. So. Yeah, because in, in the end of the Mandalorian, he's wearing the iconic black uh, Jedi outfit that he had at the end of Return of the Jedi. Okay. Again, not a spoiler. Not a spoiler. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm um, looking forward to it. What else? Uh, the other two things that, well, I'm looking forward to 
and not looking forward to is the season finale series finale for the expanse right which is coming out on friday Ooh. now you said something about you don't know where it's going i don't there that's are these, amazing there's multiple storylines and wow. um i'm pretty sure they're going to tie them up they have really amped it up a ton this this the story has been um like the hopefully each, they're each not episode, gonna do a tony soprano just, boom, he, just goes dark you know i don't what the i don't think so because these <laughs> so the 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 script writers are actually also the writers of the book right so they're really just trying to fit everything in i think the i suspect the last episode this will be a little bit longer that's what you're saying because yeah. uh, i read somewhere that they were probably going to make it a bit longer to try and fit a bit more in a four hour have, extravaganza well, they have like three or four storylines that they need to tie up. Interesting. That they've introduced that they need to tie up. Well, I don't want to hear about it. I'm still on season two. So I'm still trying to figure out if Thomas Jane's going to come back. So, well, I mean, ah, don't tell me. No, but if you ever, um, <laughs> so with the books, so there's like a series of books. Right. But there's also some little novellas that kind of fit in between okay. some of the books. Interesting. So in this particular season, they are working on book six so it's season six but they've also introduced a story arc of one of the novellas which is oh interesting so they're so that uh, so i'm not giving anything away okay. other than uh, than some technical cool details yeah um so um so it, it has been in every single episode a little bit of it so i'm sure there is an intention to wrap it up and it it ties into all of the series because there's there's just parts of it that well i i will say this and if if for those of you who maybe haven't checked it out yet uh you had told me and if someone another friend told me too was it you gotta watch this show in the first season i was like eh, okay sci-fi ish but about halfway through season two right now and i'm suddenly like oh my goodness this is really starting to pick up some so some... where is it in terms of where are you at where's where's uh so thomas jane's character just i think died you know, they had the... Well, uh, did he die at they the had end the, of the first series? So it was the episode where they had the the uh, asteroid. Right. And now it's been purportedly taken over by this this entity. And they stole the ship from the Mormons. Oh, right. And they were going to crash it into it. And yes. then at the last second, it moved. It moved right? out of the way, which it shouldn't be able yeah. to do. And then he went inside to try to blow it up. And he found that woman who's been... Or a manifestation of her consciousness... And then the whole thing crashes into Jupiter? Venus. Venus, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Okay. So, yeah. so it has crashed? Or? Yeah, it has crashed. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so this protomolecule plays out, and it's important in, like, multiple right. seasons. Yeah, so, so I'm, it, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to... Uh, and it, it changes directions yeah. in terms of how significant okay. it is and why it's significant. And like it's, I said, it's really picking up some some momentum the mormon ship and, uh, yeah like the, it's so brilliant yeah like it's it's so brilliant yeah uh, and it's not i don't see it as a, a slight against mormons at all no no i think see it as very uh very much in keeping with i think how they would approach it yeah and it's uh it's doing their own thing exactly it's all family based it's yeah. very much we're uh taking off for a hundred years and... yeah but we're gonna take care of ourselves exactly and, uh, and then and... people steal their ship so. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, that's a bit of a spoiler <laughs> anyhow yeah. uh so i picked this week's topic so what do you want to do next time 
Well, how to deal with concussion? No, that's uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, it'll be a surprise. I'll come okay. up with something. Uh, I have I had a couple of brushes ideas. with death. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I'll have I'll have a I'll have a topic for next week. Sounds good. No problem. All okay. right. Well, I I hope you are in fact not. Uh, I mean, you seem okay. But, uh, yeah, my, my apparently know. my pupils didn't dilate. Yeah, I do have a lump on the back of my yeah. head. And Headache. I, was, I can't believe how much blood it was. Like I kind of like, uh, oh man, that was quite the whack to my yeah. head. I put my hand there and I pull it back and it's absolutely covered yeah. with bright well, red blood. Well, head wounds, I, head wounds are like that. So oh, yeah. Anyhow, I'm glad that you're you're not dead and uh, seemingly okay. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> anyway, we'll catch you next week. Hopefully. <laughs> See you later, Mark. See you. Take care. Bye. Bye.